Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition, the 78th edition of Force Center, the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet. That's right. 78 times we have sat down in front of microphones of some sort to talk Star Wars with you. And even though that's not like a 80th or 85th or 100th, I think it's I, just that number sometimes hits me. And with me, 
with those numbers rattling around <laughs> our brains, been with us, uh, all three of us have been together since the beginning here at Force Center. Joseph Scrimshaw, Jennifer Landa, welcome back, team. Yes. Yeah, happy to be here. 78. <laughs> 78 and with you guys. I don't know. I, I was filling out the number, and I, you know, I do, a, I do a file save as. Yeah. I was like, holy moly, 78 of these wonderful things. That's yeah, they awesome. just, it's, now they're going to all start sounding like really old. Like when you get to the, like, we should be getting some retirement money as a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like numbers. Oh. And Jennifer, you had an excellent appearance on uh, Collider Jedi Council. And uh, thank uh, you. I want to thank the fans of Council who cross over to Force Center for being so welcoming there. And I can tell you, uh, you're going to be hearing uh, Jennifer's voice and Joseph's voice on there soon. We'll be over there. Ooh, so a lot of fun. And that helps. And that also might mean New Year's and uh, sometimes eyes are on Force Center. So we welcome you all. Here's what we do. We, uh, we go in. We take a look at Star Wars. That's what everyone does, right? But it's our point of view. We have... Have a, we feel a special way of celebrating Star Wars, breaking it down, talking about it. We look at the news. Sometimes it's a little bit older, but it's our chance to get together and we catch up. And you guys uh, have been out and about too. Uh, you, you've been uh, you've been making the Star Wars rounds, Jennifer. <laughs> uh, a very very fun appearance over on Millennial Falcon with that Jenny Nicholson so and Screen Junkies. Yeah, uh, that's always an interesting adventure. And then you were just on uh, the Black Series Rebels show. Yes, yes, my pal uh, Alex Backus. I know from my time doing improv at Second City LA and he started a Star Wars show and you know he is a hardcore Star Wars fan whenever mm. we would run into each other at auditions and even in class we'd always talk about Star Wars and I was like <laughs> Alex you should really have your own podcast or show or something and he finally did it so it's I'm I'm happy for him it, and Stephen Ellis it looks great I love the set they got the video show you know they're doing a good job over there yeah. and they, you can tell that they really love Star Wars and that, you shouldn't have to say that with Star Wars shows but sometimes it seems <laughs> Fans, I'm I'm a little. I've, I've said off air. I'll say it up. To, I'm a little bit frustrated with fandoms. Not our fans at Force Center, but the, dealing with the YouTube side of things can be frustrating with fandoms. So I vow right now to release that to be in the warm embrace <laughs> of Force Center. And Joseph, you are always so great at seeing the good side of things and a different perspective. Uh, and in fact, you're taking that perspective to something we don't talk about much here, which is the Star Wars Freemaker Adventures. That's right. You know what I have is a married man who works from <laughs> home. He's a freelancer. I have lunch television where I have stuff that I get to watch that is like, hey, uh, wife, Sarah, you know, I know we like to watch lots of things together, but I need to have something for my lunch television. Right. Uh, so I have been watching the Freemaker Adventures. Uh, and if people don't know about it, it's basically Star Wars Lego. Yeah. Uh, and it's in this weird spot of it's canon, it's not canon. Like, obviously, mm. like, Darth Vader and the Emperor do, like, Laurel and Hardy bits. So, like, it's not canon. <laughs> yeah, like, the actual events aren't canon. Yeah. But where it places itself in the timeline is super canon. And I keep getting, yeah, like, yeah. putting my nerd hat on and going, like, oh, well, that is really interesting. Because, like, right, what's going on in the second season right now is that they're building the second Death Star. So Vader's supposed to be trying to find more kyber crystals because they used them all on the first one but this kid who's the main character has a special connection to kyber crystals and it's right. like uh and it pulls in people from uh rebels uh so Hera shows up and it oh. just it really has such a great sense of humor the thing that that i was watching i thought i need to just mention this on force center because it's so cool yeah. uh it's so deep um major bren derlin who is of course played by john ratzenberger yeah in Empire Strikes Back, when he, before Cheers, before uh, Pixar, <laughs> yep. when he was just an American guy who thought, eh, maybe I can get more work if I move to London. Yeah. Uh, he plays this character. So he, he was a, in an episode. 
Wow. Like as the main character, of course, voiced yeah. by John Ratzenberger. He, he actually voiced it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, wow. and then this is a spoiler, but it's just one tiny joke. This is the level of nerddom. Yeah. He is trapped somewhere, and there's a radio, and he's like, "Well, it's fine. I can just kind of listen to something on the old hollow radio." Right. They've, they've got some nice operas playing, and then you hear just a little bit of the music from Squid Lake. <laughs> Which is, you know, in Re- Revenge of the Sith, the, the opera they're watching. Yep. And it is just this, like, slow, ominous music. And he says something like, it's a little dark and slow for an opera. It's like those really, like, deep level right. for adult jokes. So oh. I think, you know, if, if you're somebody who's, like, just normally, like, I, only, I care about canon. Right. It's really, really fun. There's a lot there to sink your teeth into. Is it, uh, is it, is it because that they are in this little less pressurized way of creating that they get to have more fun and that it come it translates a little different? I think so, yeah. yeah. In the humor of the characters that we know is really coming from a, a mm. truth about the characters. Right. So nobody's being wacky to be wacky. Uh, they, they've got a different hut than Jabba, so that hut can be super wacky. He's basically Jabba's lackey. Right. Grabala uh, the hut, is that right? Yes, Grabala, oh, voiced by my friend voice. Dana Snyder. Oh, yeah. he's so funny. Yeah, Dana's great. I've done many shows with him at Dragon Con here in Los Angeles, and that's mm. just his voice. That's how he speaks. Yeah. <laughs> Grabala <laughs> hut. Like, squeaky voice, and Jabba's going to, I got to get these kind of crystals for Jabba. And Dengar works for him, and it's great. Yeah. Yeah, Dengar. Yeah, and, and Jen, you've taken it in. I have. Yeah. I I love it. It's a lot of fun, mm. and it's great lunchtime television. I feel like I think we've talked about this before. You can kind of just pop in on an episode. There is obviously like a storyline, you know, through line, but mm. you can jump in. You don't have to yeah. watch every single episode to know what's going on. I like that. Maybe I'll, I don't have lunchtime television yet <laughs> in my life, or at least I not anymore. Uh, summer of 11th grade, uh, lunchtime television with Gilligan's Island reruns, but I think I'll try. <laughs> I think I gave it a look. Because enough people write in about it, too. Uh, yeah. To a lot of spots, like, hey, how come you guys don't talk about this? And I think it might be because the initial reaction, ah, it's not canon, It's it doesn't matter, I don't yeah. need to watch it. But uh, that that sounds uh, a little, and correct me if I'm wrong, Joseph, it's just about being a, a fan again. Yeah, it's the fun of Star Wars, right. and, and celebrating it on every level, from a three-year-old could laugh at a pratfall, to like a diehard old person can be like ah, Squid Lake. I understand that reference. I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's deep. That's good. So that is uh, where we're at right now. We're coming on into the Star Wars universe. I've had a lot of fun. Finally, uh, you know what, Joseph? I've actually uh, I'm about halfway through Rebel Rising. Ooh, nice. Ooh. Yeah, and I got to tell you, right? I wish number one, I read that before uh, the uh, Battlefront Two novel. Yeah. Uh, not that uh, the Battlefront Two novel can't stand on its own, but uh, it definitely adds to some stuff. And yeah, this is another example of a young adult, quote unquote, young adult yeah. novel in Star Wars, just hitting a home run. Mm. Hey, John, you might like this. I need to read. And it's yeah. a quick read, right? It's pretty quick. Yeah, okay. it's pretty quick. It's page number wise, it's big, but the print's, print's a little large. I like it. <laughs> yeah. For those young teenage eyes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's really good. So, uh, well, maybe we'll do a little bit of a mini book review later on and talk about it with you guys here. But I highly recommend Rebel Rising, as Joseph did as well. Listen to Joseph. All right. <laughs> That's the lesson here. All right, guys, time to take a look at news. It's a news catch up. Jennifer Landa leads us through the world of Star Wars news and gives us a chance to talk about some recent news, some news we haven't had a chance to discuss as a team yet. And with Force Friday on the way and uh, The Last Jedi around the corner, things are starting to come out. 
faster. That's right. We More are just <laughs> We are just a few days away from Force Friday on September 1st, where an avalanche of Star Wars merchandise will be released. Part of the Force Friday promotion will include the Find the Force Augmented Reality event. So mm. first, you'll need to download the official Star Wars app, go to our participating realtor, real, I mean realtor, realtor. <laughs> go to our participating buy realtor, a home. buy a home, buy a home, go to our participating retailer, mm-hmm. find Star Wars graphics in the store with a Find the Force logo, scan the graphic using the app, and an augmented reality character like Admiral Akbar will appear <laughs> on your phone. And then you can take a photo or a video with the Admiral and share it with your friends. It's a lot of fun. You'll be able to unlock 15 characters over the Force Friday weekend, and at least one of them will be a never-before-seen character from The Last Jedi. So I was kind of I was looking at their video that they have online. Yeah. I was trying to figure out who is this new character? Is it going to be somebody of significance? I mean, we know everyone. I, yeah. Right? What do you... I was looking at the like Canto Bike Casino. Yeah, yeah, that's where I was going too. I think it's going to be a weird casino person. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. The yeah. little frog dealer, the little oh, frog dealer, yes. maybe. Well, that it'd be hard to see because he'd be tiny, right? Right. The oh, that's scale true. of the thing on the video. Mm, uh, right. I, I'm hoping for whoever the the thing is, whatever the thing is, that's got the tiny grumpy face amidst the big orange hair. Oh head. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what that thing is. <laughs> it's it's so delightful to not know something right now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Are you guys going to be going? Uh, and doing this? Unlocking I, the characters? I, probably not, but I want, I'd love the photo. Like, it's one of those things where I'd like to, I'd like to try it and see yeah. how well this works. If right. it stays up after actual Force Friday, which I imagine it will stay up for a while, I'll go right. give it a try. At first, I was just like, wow, this is so much work. Uh, but then I yeah. watched a little video where you scan a thing and uh, an Admiral Akbar pops up and yeah. it's, it says it's a trap, which I'm not sure is the best thing to say. <laughs> yeah. The first character you unlock. But then I just, I was like, this reminds me of something. What is it? I go with my phone and I find. Cre- Oh, this is Pokemon Go for Star Wars. Yes. This is big, yeah. and I had never really thought of uh, Admiral Akbar as a Pokemon, but like, oh, this is like Mon Calamari Go. Okay. I got it. <laughs> oh I'll do this. My oh, that's gosh. scary cuz we could that, if that actually happened, I'd be out in my car oh. doing what I hated for a while, which is yeah. driving around to random parks. Yeah. <laughs> Looking for Nine-Num. Yeah. Oh, I found Mieber Gascon. Yeah. <laughs> He's in the middle of the river. Excuse me. Nine-Num. My 80s upbringing <laughs> yeah. got back to me there. Um, yeah, that's it. Jen, uh, we, we talked about this before, but I, I think it's fun. Yeah. But is it enough to drive you out? Drive? Is your daughter going to want that? She's a little younger, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that if if she saw the porgs or a porg oh, on yeah. the screen, oh, no. she'd freak out. But it just sounds like it's a it's not a lot of work. I guess you know if like you're a teenager or if you have time, like it'd be a lot of fun. People have actually been unlocking the porgs on their screens. Oh, really? I tried to do this and I couldn't mm. do it. I have the Star Wars app and I'm not right. sure. Have you seen them? Uh, no, I have the app, but I haven't. I yeah, haven't tried it yet. like you can like we could have porgs here right now <laughs> at this table. So I don't know what that is and. If if that's related to this find the force there's just so much yeah. going on a lot going on but yeah. i mean yeah i'm interested about the new character that's going to get a lot of people i also think it's just going to be crowded oh it's going to be if a you, you're going to yeah. be lines to hold your your phone up to a you know blank spot in reality yeah people are going to be walking in front of your porgs <laughs> yeah that's no good get out that's of no my good. act bar yeah no oh, well. well let's uh, talk a little bit about a 
rumor. So this is not confirmed. Ooh, this just is just a rumor. a rumor. But according to the Star Wars leak section on Reddit, <laughs> Captain Phasma will not take off her helmet in The Last Jedi. Hmm. So the person who shared this information knows an artist directly involved in the marketing and the merchandise of The Last Jedi. And this individual shared that all artists creating original images for the film were given a directive that they, quote, cannot show Phasma unmasked. Captain Phasma's mask stays on during the film, so do not send in artwork of Gwendolyn Christie's face, hmm. end quote. So even though we got that great shot of Gwendolyn Christie uh, helmetless yeah. in the Vanity Fair spread, that is apparently not going to be happening in the film. So I guess my question is, were you guys hoping that we'd get to see Gwendolyn Christie's face in the film, The Last Jedi? Does it matter? I I was I wouldn't say it necessarily matters to the greater story, but yeah maybe. But that probably just because I'm such a Gwendolyn Christie fan, and that shot that's why that that shot in the Vanity Fair stuff is is pretty awesome. And yeah. it, it works like without the mask, it doesn't seem awkward. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think she is amazing, and I would be happy to see her without the mask on. But I also still feel like she gives it presence. Like I don't agree yeah. with the people who've said like, well, you know, there could be anybody in there. Like, no, you you still act in your body, you act in your voice. Yeah. And I think she still does give it a great presence, even if she never takes the helmet off. But I also think that she could take the helmet off, and there's just something going on with her face. Yeah. Mm. That maybe is going to be revealed in one of these uh, books. Yeah. That may you know who knows maybe she's got uh, cybernetic nostrils. Who knows. So <laughs> There could be something really big old scars, like, yeah. you know, more impressive scars than Kylo to make him feel bad about himself. Ones that don't move. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Non-moving scars on right. Kylo. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's, it's uh, I'm not sure if I entirely uh, buy the, the truth, uh, the conclusion of this rumor. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. I I, yeah. You might be right. You might be right. Yeah. Huh. I, I'm, I want to see Gwendolyn Christie's face. I huh. mean, as we saw with the Game of Thrones episode last night, like she yeah. just, she gives so much and she has so many great reactions Subtle yeah. things that I I would love to see that yeah. as Phasma. Yeah. But, you know, I get it. That'd be a reward for a, a beloved actress, too. Like, hey, right. you, your face is on screen. It's yeah. Not, <laughs> in a star yeah. Role, you know? Yeah, maybe her face will appear in episode nine. But speaking of Phasma, the official Star Wars website released an excerpt from Delilah S. Dawson's upcoming novel, Phasma. And in the excerpt, we learn of Phasma's impoverished beginnings on her desolate home planet of... Parnassos? Parnassos? Anyways, uh, she's a leader in a warrior clan known as the, again, Sire? Sicker? Uh, and after a <laughs> ship crashes on her home planet, she encounters Brendel Hux, who is the father of the General Hux that we know and love. Uh, did you guys get a chance to read the excerpt yet? Yes, I did. What did you think? I really enjoyed it. Yeah, It was right? great. Yeah, yeah. Good. And it was that normal back padding of like before he was announced as Brendel Hux. It was like, that's got to be Brent. And then it was. And yeah. I was very happy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I thought that was pretty great. Mm. Okay. Good. Oh. <laughs> Are you? I, I stopped reading it. Okay. Oh. And I went to Oh, a, did we just spoil you, Ken? No, 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 oh. no, no. I saw it was Brendel. Okay. I want to get your take on it. I want a mini Star Wars counseling. Yeah. Um, I stopped reading it because I got a little canon grumpy. Yeah. Mm. That does. That there's a whole lot of context still yet to happen with this, but I am of I that aftermath thing yeah. is in my brain, and, and that I doesn't necessarily mean she starts on Jakku. I no. get that. But it seemed like this is an older Phasma, right? Yeah. So I think the thing that we all got excited about in aftermath is yeah. not Phasma, but another. <laughs> Which it's not named, uh, yeah. Strong blonde girl. Yeah, this certainly does seem like it doesn't work time wise, timeline wise. Yeah, 
Hmm. Which there's plenty of room for tall, strong, blonde, exactly. uh, vicious women in Star Wars, <laughs> and uh, in the real world. Uh, yeah, in the real world, I don't need just one. But yeah, I was, I was, I was intrigued so much by that part in Aftermath. Which again, it does not say it's a young Phasma. It doesn't say it. It's just no. strongly hinted. So to see it happen another way, I immediately went to a grumpy place, which isn't right of me. And I stopped. <laughs> I stopped reading the excerpt. You actually just stopped. Yeah, never stop. I stopped. Wow. I'm a jerk. Oh. I'll fi- I'm going to get the book. Yeah, of course. Without a doubt, right? But uh, okay. yeah, I, yeah, it made me it made me uh, grumpy too because I had liked that idea. Um, but then it, it just made me excited from the sort of perspective of remembering that we're still in such new territory with everything in this timeline, this yeah. part of the timeline that any one character's story has to be a gateway to learning more about all of the events around them. Mm. So reading right. that is like, oh, cool, I'm going to get to learn Phasma's story, but by definition, that also means I get to learn so much more about the First Order. Mm. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, that's a great way of looking You're at right. it. You should host a show like this. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars counseling available most Fridays here on Force Center. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed the excerpt. Yeah. It was very uh, action-packed. I could, again, visualize Gwendolyn Christie. Yeah. Um, and I thought that, you know, it made me want a prequel. Made me want a Phasma prequel. Ooh. Oh. I was like, can we just have prequels of all these characters? I mean, it's getting kind of silly, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Just a little, okay. s- little something. It's an interesting character that I think this this will help establish the character's true importance because we all know that behind it was a, it was an aftermath, not not the novel, but an aftermath kind of character, an afterthought, I should say, more than aftermath. Right, that's the correct word. Uh, an afterthought. Um, you know, let's cast all, let's switch it to Gwendolyn Christie, and, and I, you know, I don't think it was meant more than it was, and so this book will help establish the character mm. going into the Last Jedi as a as a true villain, and I do like that, and that's needed. Mm, that's exactly. needed. Yeah, well, let's talk about the story of Star Wars Rebels. <laughs> so with the Clone Wars and now Star Wars Rebels, Dave Filoni has done a really great job adding and expanding to Star Wars mythology in a new clip from the new Star Wars Rebels Season 3 Blu-ray. Dave Filoni talked about how they expanded the lightsaber folklore by exploring the history of the Darksaber mm. and potentially set up its future now with Sabine Wren on Rebels. He also shared that it was George Lucas, who wrote the dialogue in The Clone Wars, where Pre Vizsla gives a brief introduction about the Darksaber. So I really appreciate how much Dave Filoni wants to honor and continue George's mm-hmm. ideas and mythology. And he actually, in the past, he talked about how crucial it was for George to be involved with stories like relating to the Force and mm-hmm. how it had to be done right. Yeah. I guess, do you, do you guys think that Filoni occasionally calls up George still? And runs things by him, like, hey, George. Oh, really? I mean, that he's, like, communing I with Lucas? I kind of wonder. Dark I don't know. Do you think? I think so. You think I so? I mean, Kathleen Kennedy's hinted uh, at George still gives us a little call. I think that was a make nice. I mean, I'm sure that happens, but... I wouldn't be surprised. Filoni, Filoni's like the heir apparent, I think, in George's eyes. He is. I yes. can see him yes. taking over everything. Yeah. yeah. As you were reading this, I was, like, I was really picturing, like, Qui-Gon's death scene, you know, where he mm. says so yeah. tenderly to Obi-Wan, like, you know, that to, that mm. he is the chosen one. And, and, and Filoni just seems to have that sort of, like, I spent time with him, he was my master. Yeah. So, mm. he, like, he has this responsibility as a part of this giant corporate thing that Star Wars is. Right. But it seems for him, like, this deeper level of, he truly was my master. 
Yeah. You know, he taught me animation. He ate lunch with me. He probably gave me advice about, you know, what kind of hats to wear. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what all went on between those two human beings, and he seems to carry that. I had a relationship with this human being as well. Mm. Father-son for sure type of thing. Yeah. We, we watched him at Celebration, all of us, whether you're live stream or live in person at the event. There's just a kinship there. That, yeah. Uh, I absolutely could see it. And, and I love, I'm fascinated how... George, and this was part of the resurgence in faith uh, for me in George, learning just a lot of the stuff in the Clone Wars that I went like, that's cool. George was behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was still George's thing. Yeah. And, and that's what going to the, our love of the prequels here on Force Center in general is, is that this was a world created by one man that we're calling, crawling around in. And so I like that George was like, oh, I, I got some Darksaber stuff. Yeah. Let me yeah. tell you about it. Yeah. yeah. And I like the Darksaber just in general because it does feel mythic. It does yeah. feel like getting really to the roots of Star Wars and like such a great generational story mm-hmm. that basically George Lucas came up with this part of it. And then Dave Filoni's like, and then I'm going to add this part of it yeah. on. It's mm-hmm. a passing of the Darksaber torch. Aww, yeah, it's yeah, a I cool like thing. And it's very, you know, in this Game of Thrones world that I live in now, it's it's good to have... You know, a very specific, much like Luke and Anakin's lightsaber, to be clear, but it's very specific. It's it's a sword attached to a family and a clan yeah. and a people, and I love that. Mm, yeah, well said. Uh, let's shift to the Han Solo film. All right. Oh, boy. There's been a lot. <laughs> that could be good or bad. The dark side uh, and the light. Yeah. There's been a lot happening in the world of the Han Solo film, including the news that Michael K. Williams' character has been cut from the film because of scheduling. Mm-hmm. And in an interview, that he gave to Vanity Fair, William said that his character in the Han Solo film wore a beautiful white kimono, was very regal, had class, money, strength, charisma, and he knew how to fight. He also said that his characters had a link between Han Solo and Amelia Clark's character, Kira. You guys might remember that Kira was the original name for Rey during the concept phase of The Force Awakens. So let's put our speculation caps on for a moment. What do you think of this Amelia Clark character? Yeah, I don't I, I don't have any strong speculation. My hat is not doing me very much good right now. I'll I'll pull it on tighter, but I just yeah. I kind of feel like I don't I don't see her taking up a spot that's going to be important to the overall story of Star Wars. I think mm. she is a character that interacts with Han for the point of this plot. I don't think she's going to be his long-lost sister. I don't think she's his first or second or third wife or whatever. I think she's just a character who is demanded by the plot. Yeah, Mm. and and revealing this, Michael K. Williams, like you said, like this connection, it's my character was a connection between these two characters just means, to me, Amelia Clark is, might not be as in the lead as much as we think. Yeah. And that Michael K. Williams had one one or two scenes and that's why they were able to cut him. And I think it's it's very sad that he couldn't be in there scheduling. At least it's on the up and up. I love that he's talking about, hey, they say I'm not necessarily done with the Star Wars family because he's a fantastic actor. And this Kira or Kura, as we learned, uh, right. making Star Wars ran that exclusive that it might be K-U-R-A. Pronounced Kira? I don't know. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that changes either. I don't yeah. know. So I'm not, so I'm just like you, Joseph, I haven't, I'm just like pulling back and we'll see where all this, I want to, I want to make sure the movie's made (laughs) before I figure out who's who in the zoo. Yeah. 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 Obviously we're going to talk more about uh, Han Solo and stuff for our main topic too, but I think that's one of the, the potentially exciting things about it is, you know, we're dealing with the sequel trilogy where it's the continuation of the story with the Skywalker clan Mm -hmm. of then we're right to speculate. 
Yeah. Who is this character? How do they connect to the big story? But like, hey, if it's just a swashbuckling scoundrel adventure, there's going to be a bunch of weird side characters. Yeah. Mm, yes, yeah. Exactly. Because I didn't really have any theories either. Initially, I was like, oh, it's Ray's mom. Ha <laughs> uh, But besides that, yeah, you're right. Because this is a standalone film. It doesn't have the same kind of connective thread right. as the saga. And, and we might not need it. Yeah, that's yeah, what right. we're saying here, too. We, we might just be able to enjoy a Star Wars story. <laughs> just have fun how dare we <laughs> and that's it for the news that is for the news but like Joseph said we just talked about standalone news and we want to talk about the standalone stories we've addressed before some of the standalones we want but now with the trouble with the Boba Fett Josh Trank led movie which whatever that was going to be the problems with Han Solo and with the Michael K. Williams stuff continued quote unquote problems it's not a huge thing but it's another uh, thing on it than the the still just rumored Obi-Wan thing that is happening um, <laughs> we know that uh, but I love the Star Wars show uh, uh, Anthony and Andy kind of played around with it by t- talking about a gonk droid movie and that well Lucasfilm just has to do it right right <laughs> um, so I love playing around with that but it is it is I think a different discussion now not so much just dreaming and speculating but really talking about these movies some of the negative uh, uh, thoughts some people are having for them this is where Joseph I'll, I'll try just hold my you're closer to me Jennifer <laughs> <laughs> a little farther away, hold my hand, squeeze it if I get a little grumpy. Uh, the t- thoughts of the standalone movies being too small and uh, the Star Wars universe, do they need these movies? It's that kind of discussion that we can do here on Force Center. So one of the first things we want to do, though, uh, Joseph and I had a chance because we were so excited. We ran to microphones to talk about the Obi-Wan movie, mm-hmm. the standalone movie. But, Jennifer, uh, we wanted to really sit down with you now that this is finally happening, the speculation on the villain and the story. Where are you at with this movie right now? I'm excited. I, I mean, you know, a measured excitement. You guys have gotten me excited for this film. Cool. Initially, I was like, ah, all right, yeah, mm. I could do it. But this, yes, and Ewan McGregor, yes, I, I would love to see him back on screen as Obi Wan. In the desert, as we've talked about. Somebody actually on Twitter was like, oh, let's come up with some other casting ideas. I'm like, what? No. (laughs) You monster. Right. Possibly portray him. Uh, But yeah, so I am excited. I'm excited to see, I think we talked about this also uh, on Jedi Council, where, you know, Uncle Owen, Mm -hmm. his relationship to Uncle Owen, his relationship to Qui-Gon as a force ghost. Yeah. You know, he's going to be... And I was actually talking to Jeremy Jeremy Johns about yeah. this, making it more like a Logan film, you right. know, where Obi Wan is really questioning. He is really down in the dumps yeah. in some sense, you know. Yeah. And so um, he's questioning what he's done and that you know. So maybe disconnected from the Force, doubting his place in the in exactly. the, the big picture. Yes. Or was Anakin the chosen one? A lot of those kind of things. Right. You know, exactly. Some gray coming into that beard, Justin. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I think that's the thing is when you look at the truth of the character and the story that's been told about him, there is a story to tell. It's not immediately obvious what the physical story should be because we don't right. know. You know that he doesn't necessarily have a tra- trajectory of action. So yeah. I think that's what our questions keep being of exactly what will the action of the movie be. But in terms of like where he's at, he has a lot to figure out. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 And uh, Jennifer, the idea of Darth Vader as the possible villain in the story, your gut reaction to that? 
No. No. Huh? No. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, like I, I no, understand. No, it. you stand by that. No, you I stand by. It. Let's talk about your gut. It. What's it, it, it before accepting it? Because we will, uh, of course, try to get you to accept it. <laughs> yes. I'm really curious about why your what your gut. No, is. because a lot Jennifer, you're speaking for a lot of people out there who really? have the same kind of reaction. Many people's reactions are their reaction to Vader saying no. No, I don't <laughs> want that. It's no upon no. I want it to be I just want it to be a little bit further away from that. Mm, okay. That makes any sense. I just I feel like it would just be like the whole thing, the wonderful thing about the standalone films is that we can yeah. get away from the characters from the saga. Okay. You know, they don't I mean, yes, Vader in Rogue One was awesome, but he was a small part and that was just right. right. So if again, if he's a small part in this Obi-Wan film, great. I don't need him to have a huge presence. I think that this is going to be more of an internal battle with mm-hmm. Obi-Wan and not necessarily with Vader. Which is which is a, <laughs> it's a fair point. So my kickback to you is then uh, what kind of villain because there has to be some kind of antagonist. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, right. And it, like in Logan, like which is my favorite superhero movie of the year, only because it spoke to me as a grumpy old man. <laughs> uh, where Wonder Woman was perhaps the better movie, well, Logan spoke to me on that level. But even then, I was so focused on Logan and and X twenty three that the, the the villains in the movie are forgettable to me in the sense of they're just kind of driving the plot forward about this man's thing. So someone has to be there mm-hmm. to drive an Obi-Wan movie forward if it's just he and his brain. Mm-hmm. Who would you want? What would you want? What would work for you? I think new characters, a new a new group, a new clan, uh, Knights of Ren-like, I don't know, some mm-hmm. some something like that. I, do, I just think I'd like something fresh, something unexpected. Okay. Maybe not even tied to anything that we know. Something new. Something new. Not even necessarily dark side of the force stuff, but just something new. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 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 The more I think about the Logan thing, like I'm on board for a Vader thing, but I'm also on board for it being a really small film of just, like I've said before, the temptation of Obi-Wan that he just gets involved with something (laughs) because he can't stop himself and it's where he decides. Uh, And that really can be any antagonist. And I think that's what's powerful about Logan is the antagonists are not particularly interesting in and of themselves other than that they represent what Logan has lost which is his youth and his level right. of like anger exactly and right. and they're they're only interesting in that they are basically holding the mirror up to logan and Great. you know when you immediately think of Lo- the movie logan you're you're more interested in he's combating trying to be a father figure he's combating trying to be a son figure to professor x to the just the world degrading around him right so if you get you know some uh, a villain called degrader <laughs> uh yeah you know, I, so I, I i would be down with either one although i think i'm more passionate about vader by now yeah and uh, that's a great point to see it there and I, I guess i you know to what jennifer you're suggesting like i'm on board as well as just i I think if you're going to go this far, why not make it the main event? As I, I, I've said before, just mm-hmm. when I broke down, I just it would make some sense that Vader would still have that presence in Obi Wan's life. That uh, uh, you know, I would look at a gang of rough t- ruffians in Tatooine being almost too small, not small in that sense of uh, Star Wars is small, but just a story would it be a good novel to me or a comic book versus taking the main event. So it's it's but at the end of the day. What you're pitching, I could really get behind, and I think will still be part of that movie, which is Obi-Wan versus himself. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if Vader comes at the end, so he's the big bad boss, 
right? Okay. In the video game terms. Yeah. You oh, know? yeah. So he's like lingering, <laughs> looming <laughs> over the film, as they say. Right. And then he shows up at the end uh, for a confrontation. Do, does, I don't know. And, and again, Joseph and I, are, as I look at my Vader Funko Pop on the <laughs> shelf behind me there, uh, behind Joseph there, um, we are definitely Vader on Team Vader, but does, do you would that undercut New Hope Sith yeah, for you? It yeah. would, I which mean, is fair. I, I don't see this. This is why we were going to talk about the smallness of it. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. It might. Okay. It might. When I first thought of it, that was my knee jerk reaction of it's that kind of thing of like, oh, you know what? That sounds like that. You know. 18th piece of pizza that I shouldn't have. Just more of something that I Ooh. like that's going to make me sick. You stop but, at 18. <laughs> <laughs> I might be exaggerating a little bit. Uh, but then when I thought about, I do just feel like there is this big vacuum of when and why didn't Obi-Wan try to turn him? Mm-hmm. Why, mm-hmm. you know, when did that happen? Right. And I feel like they have been laying the groundwork of that with yeah. how how at peace Obi-Wan seems in that Rebels episode and how convinced he is that Luke is the chosen one. It just those thoughts have made me think like we're not triple dipping into the Vader Obi-Wan conflict, but that right. there is true room for actual story. And at this point now instead of feeling like, Oh, I've found a way to justify this cool thing I want, I now want the actual thing. It's not mm. just the cheap justification of it. It's the desire for that actual, like, seeing that, that push-pull in Anakin Vader. Does yeah. Obi-Wan get anywhere with him at all? And mm-hmm. if so, how? Like, that starts to just be, like, really juicy character stuff for both of them. Uh, right. You sold me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on board. Well, uh, there you go. One thing we don't need to sell you on, Jennifer, because you're doing a good job of selling other people on, is a Jabba the Hutt movie. I want um, it. Jabba the Hutt. And Joseph and I touched upon it a little bit in our special Force Center Reacts episode of the Obi-Wan News, but you came out with a great video on YouTube, um, and we've talked about it in other places where people are like, oh, you, you actually Star Wars counseled them about no. Here's why, and I I understand the immediate gut reaction of an oh a Jabba origin picture. We don't need baby Jabba the Hutlet. We don't need that. <laughs> I, I just I just don't think for one second that 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 would be the movie. I do want to see physically where Rada came out of. Oh, for sure. No, Close. no I don't. Oh no 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 I no, 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 no. Boy, I no, don't, I, no, I think we're all on board with the gangster, right? Absolutely. I mean, think about how how he has a network of people that he works with. He's so well known in the galaxy. Everyone knows Jabba. So if that means that everyone can show up in this film, I just think that there's a lot of room for potential. Like I've said, he doesn't have to be the the main guy. It can be an ensemble piece, right? You know. And uh, yeah, hut fellas, God, hut father, <laughs> and I really do believe that that because of the technology. I mean, look at the dragons on Game of Thrones; they yeah. look so real. Yeah, they're gonna make an excellent looking hut. Yeah, you, you know that they are. They're gonna redeem themselves. It won't from, be special edition hut. <laughs> will yeah. not be special edition hut. Yeah, where would you? When would you want this set mm. for maximum Star Wars fun, Jennifer? Right, I'm gonna say before a new hope. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think that that probably would give enough room. If you get if you get into anywhere in the original trilogy timeline, I think you start uh, you might yeah. have to recast and it just might not I mean, not h- how do you feel Jennifer about it being even before the Phantom Menace? Oh. Because he's in at that 
pod race. He's in she power. Is. Yes. Um, he's you know Gordula Hut's there too as well. Yeah, but right? she's yeah, in the back, in and the back. she already right. lost Anakin and Shmi. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Right. Huh. You got Bib already in place. Like I, I could be okay with that prequel yeah. to the prequels. Yeah, you sure. know, I I want the. I kind of want prequels of the prequels, so it's really is Jabba. How did Jabba come to power? It's not right. like an origin story of, you know, you know yeah. how, did he, how did he learn to li- love? Um, but <laughs> the the machinations of, like, right. between the huts, that sounds like so much fun, so bizarre. Right. You, you wouldn't have, at that time frame, you wouldn't have, say, a Boba Fett, which is, I still think it's possible that the Boba Fett news and the Jabba news are kind of one and the same, which yeah. we put up, put up probably think. after Sith before New Hope. Right. But but I, I'd be okay with more of a, you know, the Cad, Cad Banes of the worlds and the Embos. Uh, get yeah, some Embo action. Embo on screen. I would um, love Embo on screen in Hut Fellas. Yeah, Aura Singh's already in place in Phantom Menace. So hmm. it, it would be interesting there, too, where, where Jabba and, to a lesser extent, Salacious B. Crab and Bib Fortuna are the only ones that we really know. Right. That'd be uh, maybe why it would be called a, quote, Jabba the Hut movie, but a Star Wars underworld movie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think people are excited about an underworld movie. I think they get a little scared when they're like, oh my gosh, watching Huddies for two hours yeah. is going to be kind of crazy. <laughs> whoa, but whoa, as we see whoa, with Grabala the Hutt, yeah. he does. He speaks basic. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, right? fast-paced, so, squeaky basic. Yeah, yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah, well, doesn't, uh, what's his name in the Clone Wars movie, Zorba? Is it Zorba? Z- uh, Zero, Zero. Zero the Hutt? Yeah, Zero the Hutt. Yeah, yeah. Right. unfortunately, yeah. Right. speaks basic. <laughs> a lot of exotic huts <laughs> and exotic voices that could be pulled well, from the Clone Wars. Well, I see. <laughs> I mean, less the, the oh. characters, the personalities, and, and, yeah. you know, there's so many. Yeah. You could even jump around in time. It could be Boba Fett telling the story to some young oh, pup yeah, in a yeah. bar. I love that. Yeah, yeah, that could be interesting. I like that. I didn't think of it in those terms. Oh, you think of a crossing, Jabba? Yeah. Let me tell you, kid. This is where Jabba started. It could be like Once, a, once Upon a Time in America. Exactly. Yeah. Once Upon like, a Time on Tatooine. Yeah, yeah, I like that. This is good stuff. Well, I think we got go picture here. <laughs> <laughs> but the question remains about these standalone films, and we touched upon it here already, but it, does the complaint coming back is that this is too small and that... Yeah, we have the saga films. That makes sense. We're going to continue the Skywalker story, the Solo story, the Organa story. We love those characters. But give me something new, quote, inventive, more uh, really, truly standalone. We didn't get that with Rogue One. It was so tied in New Hope. Now, again, I'm speaking from the point of someone who's maybe criticizing it uh, more than I, I, I feel about Rogue One, of course. So the big question is, does this make the universe too small? But if it does, even if it does, is that a bad thing, Joseph? No, is my opinion. No. Uh, you, you asked me to be the not grumpy one, so I, okay. uh, I moderated yeah. my no midway through because it was too cranky. <laughs> <laughs> it came out real weird. Anyway, the point to me is I think that there's a certain amount of strike while the iron is hot. I think that's yeah. what's going on with Obi-Wan of... If Ewan McGregor is willing to do it, he's the right age. Why not do that now? So I think that's a part of it. Yeah. I think they are still trying to figure out you know, what they want these films to be. Um, and I think there's also a matter of patience. I think I, I'm still of the opinion that they're holding off on Old Republic because there's no point in doing a right. one-off Old Republic movie when it's this huge new expanse to open up in either mm-hmm. an, another trilogy of movies after this one or in a TV show. I feel like they're saving it. It's not that they're afraid of it. I've seen people mm-hmm. ask, like, why are they afraid? I don't think they're afraid. I think they're being smart and they're saving it. 
to right. explode in a big way. And my big picture thing with this is I think that we are, as fans, we are having this crisis of the old versus the new. Mm-hmm. That's the thing I always ramble on about Star Wars yeah. is this cocktail of old and new. And I think we're all, as fans, tortured about how much old we want and how much new we want. Right. And every project is going to have some of both. And yeah. you're going to have to decide for yourself, like, does this one have the right amount of balance? Because I do think if something was just utterly brand new, just a random bounty hunter you never met having an adventure that is intriguing, but it's not at all important to the Star Wars story. Right. The overall Star Wars story doesn't connect back to anything. I think there are plenty of people who would be like, what is this? Yep. Why do we care about this when they have all these great characters? I think you'd hear just as much complaints the other way if that was full force the direction they were going. Well, look, at to me, some of the initial pushback against Star Wars Rebels was yeah. even like, well, who are these guys? Well, what, you know, now, now they're just as important. And Hera and Sabine are, have large amounts of fans, and, and, and Kanan uh, as well, and Ezra. But you know what I mean? Like, first it was like, well, these don't matter. Yeah. These are just these little group of, of, of Rebels. Um, but... I think, Joseph, you're right. I think you you, you have to start small, literally, uh, in the sense of this is a tiny little corner of the galaxy. We're going to give you TIE Fighters. We're going to give you the Death Star. We're going to give you Tarkin Invader. It's Rogue One. And it's going to attach directly to the stuff you love because absolutely, if that first one was Darth Bane – 10% 10% of the fans would be like, yes, there'd be more people out there going, what now? Who? A Darth who? A Darth I thought, no. yeah. I thought it was Darth Vader. Is that Kylo's dad? Why, why does Kylo look like that? When did right. Kylo lose his hair? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Jennifer, are you okay with this strategy so far? Do you, how, how inventive do you need it to be? You know, I was one of those people that kept saying, it's getting too small. The timeline's getting too crowded. And yet, mm-hmm. here I am pitching a Hut movie. Right. Uh, somebody was sharing, uh, you know, Claudia Gray's new novel coming out, uh, right. The Young Leia. Yeah. novel mm-hmm. and they pitched Millie Bobby Brown as young Leia and I'm like yes yeah. somebody make this movie so <laughs> I want the Obi-Wan <laughs> film like I'm not getting far away from any of the characters that we know and love so there you go I think yeah. at some point yeah maybe in after 2020 they're going to reevaluate we might see some new characters some new stories right or they might be taking some of the characters from episode 7 8 9 and build upon those stories mm, more yeah learning about the Knights of Ren or whatever it may be yeah, and that, and that could work. That could work going right. on there. I think I just think, and I also think, I think where I get grumpy is, you know, you're not wrong, Jennifer. The timeline's crowded. We joke all the time. Aftermath has Singer on Endor, Hera's on Endor, everyone's on Endor, the whole <laughs> world's on Endor during that. Yeah, and it does make it small in that sense. And I think it, they will expand past that. But I think if these stories need to be told and they make sense and as star wars fans you're you're getting answers uh that may that again make sense that aren't just you know look i get the the an obi-wan movie with vader would undercut a little bit some of the words said but like joseph said if if, if it's done in a, in a very sensible smart way it doesn't make the world smaller it just actually does a better job expanding it for me mm-hmm. uh smaller would be if if they're going to do a movie of uh you know uh, the, the 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 battle right after the battle of hoth i don't know you know what i mean where it's like we're not just going <laughs> over things again and again we're 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 finding corners of the already existing story and and fluffing it out a little bit um I think they will get to something later on. They will get to something later yeah, on. Yeah, they've got they to. have to. Yeah, and you know what the other thing is? I, I think I want them to expand 
style and genre more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, Rogue you've One been pushed on into yeah. making it, yeah. uh, the third act was a war movie. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the making it a gangster movie, making like Obi-Wan Kenobi being a little bit of an indie drama because it's mostly one character who's spending yeah. at least some of his time being really self-reflective. Like, give me yeah. that stuff. You've got some questions coming up from our audience, uh, I think, about, you know, other kinds of genres. Right. And I think you can use these familiar characters to do really different kind of movies so it doesn't feel all the same. Mm-hmm. Right, it's not just a big up, you know, space adventure taking down Death Star, which you know, Force Awakens I love, but I I got that more than any other critique was yeah. hey, it seemed a little similar in the end, but really the characters were made it different, so I I don't think it was small in the end, but um, yeah, that's why I think I get I just get I bristle about I saw a lot of the clickbait titles ago, why we don't need a Jabba movie, why this yeah. is the, the, the and like. This this we're not talking. This isn't all jokes aside. A Dengar movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's small to me. Yeah, Jabba's huge, figuratively and literally. <laughs> <laughs> Easy, and he represents this big part of the story in the galaxy that we yeah. haven't really explored. So yeah, I don't think yeah. it makes it too small at all. And I think there is also the the matter of we are living in a glorious time yes. where we. I have to choose between an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie and a Jabba movie. Yeah. Like, you know, I probably would have murdered another kid. Like, I'm exaggerating, like, my yeah. 18th piece of pizza. But, like, yeah. I would have done, I would have cut myself to get this movie. Yeah. I'm trying to think of something that's not gross to exaggerate. Like, how much, as a child, if somebody would have said, they're going to make possibly both an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie yeah. and a Jabba the Hutt gangster movie, yeah. and people are unhappy. Imagine. I would have been like, I, time traveler, you're lying to me. Yeah, there's a little, there's a little, uh, I don't know, the, and not the Four Center fans. No. I actually mean that seriously. We create a good community to celebrate here, but but there's just an over, yeah, there's just a, I don't know, I don't want to say entitlement. Tell me the word We've here. Spoiled. Spoiled is the word. I mean, like I'm even, I I fault myself sometimes with this too, where I'm like, eh, do we really need? Yes. Yes, we need it all. We, yeah. I mean, why not? Like I you're saying, yeah. never imagine this would have happened when we were yeah. children. So. Yeah. Look, a, a, another Ewok movie? Yes. Hey, maybe I'll have a problem. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. <laughs> hey. Hey. Wait a minute but yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think, yeah, that, that word small is, is, is uh, like Inigo Montoya said, I don't think you understand that word. That, uh, that's <laughs> Um, but uh, these a lot of these ideas came out of uh, the story. It was so interesting. The Obi Wan news was big, but in these different articles, where that's where the Jabba story came, and then a Yoda and Boba Fett. I still think Lucasfilm just had these things just on a giant wall. Mm-hmm. Everything's being developed right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And Joseph, you, you were wondering, is like, is, are they doing this at all purposes? Lucas on purposes? Lucasfilm getting these stories out to test the audience? Yeah, I'm really curious to see if like some of like the Obi Wan thing almost seems like a man. Mm. This is gonna get out anyway. Let's just put it out a right. little. Let's just let's just say we're talking to a director because that's right. not confirmation in any way, shape, or form. And then we get to see does the internet blow up? You know, right. I mean, I wonder if even from a marketing standpoint of if we say Obi-Wan, how high will Obi-Wan trend? Yeah. Mm. And then maybe a couple weeks from now, we'll just say so-and-so is in talks to motion capture Java or whatever. Else. Right, Like right. non-confirmation. Like, does Java get higher up on the trending? Like, I, yeah. and I don't know. That seems logical to me from my perspective, but I don't know if that's... Nuts. I, it, it's not nuts in the sense of that's how a lot of this stuff happens. You know, it's like, 
you know, sometimes you're sitting on information as a as a person in this media discussion world that you know is out there. So, yeah. when, so you know, when when a story comes out, with they're thinking of this idea, they don't have a script, and, and that's not true. And so it's just <laughs> weird. Uh, and, and some some you know, I'll some publications are a little bit not in bed in the sense of Marvel pays screen junkies salary or colliders yeah. on DC's payroll. That stuff's ridiculous. I can tell you I'd have a different car if that were true. <laughs> um, but there is just something to be said about uh, certain bigger super publications that uh, get these quote unquote exclusive photo shoots and these because Disney's working with them. You know, it's it so it wouldn't be surprising if if Lucasfilm or Disney maybe even more than just Lucasfilm was like, "Hey, let's get some of this stuff out there and and see what's at play." Like is that too are we too conspiracy theorists, or, uh, Jen? No, I think that this is the reason if yes, they are making an Obi-Wan film. I think that that's the mm-hmm. reason why they're making it is because all this time fans have been so excited about yeah. this. You know, everyone's been asking you and McGregor, poor mm-hmm. guy for yeah. how long now? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm up for it. And I think that, yeah, I think they're like, yeah, let's let's do this. Let's do this film. Yeah. But I think you're right. They have a lot of ideas on that whiteboard. They're mining old content. They're mining unused concept art and whatnot. So yeah. they have they have ideas, but they're absolutely floating it out there yeah. and seeing what the reaction is. Look at what, what happened with Deadpool, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the only reason why that film got made yeah. was because yeah. of fans. That so. can happen. And look, some stuff like, you know, I know the next... Eight novels are probably planned. They're not right. going to over. You're not going to. Hey, you guys, I want Phasma. Okay, we got a novel. Let's crank that out. Like <laughs> there's stuff that's planned and, and way, well in advance. But I, I absolutely know there's you know there's some back back channel ways of getting information out. Yeah. So it would make sense. There's back channel ways to test the audience. Yeah. It seems significant to me that if they wanted to test the ground mm-hmm. of an Obi Wan Kenobi movie and wanted to release one detail, mm-hmm. directors are really important one to do right now when they've had some director issues. Right. Mm. To say, not only are we going to see if you like Obi-Wan Kenobi, we're going to see if you like this director. And look at us, Lucasfilm, making a good decision about a director way ahead of time. (laughs) Don't you all like it? (laughs) Yeah, and speaking of that, I mean, Han Solo, we know, has had some interesting interesting problems. Uh, These tell-all books that will one day be written. Um, But I think Ron Howard has come in and uh, at least publicly done a great job in kind of calming everything down. Uh, I love his tweets. I love the photos. A great one with Donald Glover the other day. Just kind of saying, just, you know, old Uncle Ron saying everything's okay. Um, But we got to ask the big question. Do we think this movie will, in the end of the day, succeed? Jennifer, you've been very dubious. <laughs> I've been all, all over the map with this thing. Yeah, I yeah. think it's going to be a good film. I think that Ron Howard at the helm is going to make this a good film. You have Chewie, you have mm-hmm. Lando, all these great characters. Whether or not it's a great film will be due to Alden Ehrenreich's performance as Han Solo. If he right. can pull that off, then then yeah. Good it'll to go. be excellent, but it, that's a tough. That's a tough, uh, tough shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't. A, I don't know. It's a big risk, Joseph, because if it fails, what happens next? I think if it fails, Lucasfilm gets a little bit more cautious. Yeah. Many, many reviews and think pieces and hot takes are read. Oh, hot takes are coming. It's you know, it's clickbait heaven mm-hmm. if the movie fails, and then it's fine. Yeah. And then the next movie is going to come out mm-hmm. because, right. you know, obviously we are prequelists. We mm-hmm. appreciate the prequels for what they are. They did amazing at the box office and they were savaged by critics at the time. Yeah. And Star Wars didn't die. Right. 
Keith. And and it wasn't like they they announced the sale to yeah. Disney, Force Awakens, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Mark yeah. Hamill are back, and everybody's like, no, I do recall 15 years ago, <laughs> I did not like that first Phantom Menace, so I shan't be seeing this film. Like, yeah. no, I mean, people, nothing, nothing's going to happen right. uh, to us as fans because right. we're we are, I think, all on on this. Uh, this creature, and we're not going to be thrown from this Ronto. You no, know? because we love it. And, yeah. and going going to the prequels, even when at the time the disappointment of seeing the, the what what we felt back then that has maybe changed and grown and matured over time as we find new layers in these movies. But back then, you know, I didn't. There wasn't a hesitation in in going to. Get in line for Attack of the Clones no. tickets mm-hmm. or Revenge of the Sith tickets. I waited in line just as much as I waited for Phantom Menace. So you're right. It, it almost can't be killed. Yeah. I don't know what they could do. I'm sure you could kill any franchise. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. But I don't think it's going to be the case. And, and it's almost, though, to me, it is a bit of a uh, uh, a no-win situation right now. Because if, if, if the movie, like you're saying, Jennifer, is good, people are always going to be like, I bet Lord Miller's was better. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and if it's bad, same mm. thing. Same thing. Yeah. So, but we'll never really know. No. Right. Uncle Ron, though, is there. Um, and you talk about other genres, Joseph, and we've talked about it here. We've pitched some fun ones. I love your horror idea. Yeah. That can work there. Idea. But we got one here of uh, 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 Ben Turner on Facebook, a, a listener of the show, pitched a very a very interesting idea, Joseph. Yeah, yeah. He, he wrote a nice long message uh, about how much he wanted a comedy Star Wars movie and how interested he is in genre stuff. And he specifically pitched uh, the comedy setup of two droids who work at the Jedi Temple as maybe janitors or some other lowly position. And then we would get the opportunity to uh, comedically see the Jedi through their eyes, which I thought was a, a great idea for a, a real different take on going to a place that we know really well from all of the time we spent there during the animated series Clone Wars, uh, but really seeing it with a comic take. But I, I really am intrigued by a comedy movie because I think comedy and rom-com, maybe docudrama, those are the <laughs> biggest kind of like jumps. Yeah, like horror, gangster. Those, those are already elements in war. Those are already yeah. elements that are really present in Star Wars. But you know, I think comedy and rom com are as well. But it's the the biggest jump. So I'm really interested D- docu- in comedy ideas. Docudrama would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, with for those sure. with those journalists we love so much yeah. that just oh. showing up more in canon. <laughs> yes. um, but uh, as far as comedy, I I I think what's funny though is is the the biggest chance for a Star Wars comedy movie to work. To me, would have been Han Solo. Exactly. So yeah. no, that no. apparently was the problem, Jennifer. <laughs> Can you pitch a star? What kind of Star Wars comedy would you like to see on the big screen? Oh, on the this big idea team. that Ben's got here uh, to me is a great book too, or a great, great comic. Book. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. yeah, or even like a short-run animated series. Yeah. 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 Well, I have a Forces of Destiny episode with the Odd Couple, starring Maz Kanata and Yoda. Love <laughs> oh, the comedy that would ensue. Yes, pretty good. He's messy. She is straight. Laced, kind of. I don't know, but they're, I mean, they're not. They're totally odd, but mm-hmm. not in that way of like clean, messy. You It'd know be what yeah. I mean? so fun, though. I think they're almost too similar, where they would try to both like pass on wisdom to each other. <laughs> right. They'd both be like, um, "Yeah, I know, I know." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Duh, says I. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, it would be. It would be very tough for a straight. Star Wars comedy movie. I think rom-com could work. Yeah. Oh, yeah but a straight rom-com. comedy would be tough on the big screen. But, uh, I, I, you know, we might get that day. You know, if the, here's the thing. If the Han Solo movie has enough humor, 
that's above and beyond what we've seen before in Star Wars, and we are then comfortable with the idea of Alden Ehrenreich and Donald Glover, then maybe the second Han Solo movie, which I still think could very well happen, yeah. uh-huh. uh, could be more of a straight comedy than somewhere Lord and Miller would be like, ha-ha, we told Lord's cast, and that could be the case. But <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't always need my Star Wars series, because Star Wars, Joseph, as we know, isn't Serious. No, comedy has no. always been a huge part of it. And I think for me, the big thing is you got to get, especially for it to work in Star Wars, you got to get the comedy coming from organically from the characters. Yes. And right. I think that was maybe not what was happening with Lord and Miller. So I, I think some comedy movie that's like an, an action mm. comedy, more in the line of like Blues Brothers or that <gasps> right. kind of thing, yeah. where like they're doing something. There's action. So it's not, you know, a, a robot in a Jedi being an odd couple and one of them farts, you know, like <laughs> right. that. I think that's what right. people hear when they hear comedy, but if right. it comes from the characters, yeah, you know, a, a weird sort of buddy comedy, I think right. it'd be great. Somewhere George Lucas is putting down his pen. I'm like, oh, <laughs> not weird body noises in Star Wars. Got it. Yeah. Got it. And well, my two cents. One, one thing is sure: uh, the standalone movies for now are still going to be coming. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna get at least uh, two more: the Han Solo and the Obi Wan, and then we'll see what happens. And the all the other stories, we'll see if Kathleen Kennedy sticks with that plan and Lucasfilm sticks with that plan. But the standalone movies are very intriguing. There's always the possibility of the next one. And I think that's what we uh, have more than anything. Like Joseph said, you can't kill Star Wars, even if Han Solo is a little stupid. We'll be back for the next one. And uh, maybe one day we'll get that Jabba the Hutt gangster movie. So that's our discussion on that. You guys can check in. Use the hashtag Force Center to talk about standalone movies. And I love when you guys pitch your own uh, do that. Don't stop doing that ever. But right now, as we like to do, we're going to take some questions from the audience, Joseph. Yeah, that's right. We got a great one from Facebook from uh, Chase McLean. And Chase asked, with the hope of a possible Old Republic movie or TV series, uh, Disney's new streaming service, maybe? Question mark? <laughs> Who would you see playing Bane, assuming they keep his appearance the same as in the Legends book trilogy? Uh, this is a fun one. I, I <clears throat> thought I had a pretty clear picture in my mind of Bane, but then I, I went yeah. to the old Google and really stared at Bane, tried to take <laughs> yeah. Bane into my heart. <laughs> Who do you got? Because I, I immediately went to a, a wrong answer. Oh, you know what? I, I don't know if this is the right answer, but it was the right for me. Yeah. I went to Rory McCain, the hound from Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Because Bane is this big, bulky, uh, you know, imposing in a different way than we've seen from villains because he's physically yeah. large. And I always like, you know, a villain who has a little bit of a good sense of humor. And boy, Rory McCain can be yeah. menacing and funny as hell. That's yeah. good. I mean, I love Game of Thrones cross-casting. Um, I went immediately to Tom Hardy because he pay- played Bane before, and I think I got stuck <laughs> on it. That's the wrong answer. Uh, but yeah. the Bane, I only read the first novel in the Bane trilogy by Drew Carpetian, which was great. And then new canon happened, and I haven't been able to pick up the other two, yeah. which I do have. So the Bane, he is what you described, this big hulking presence. A Dave Batista, maybe, but I don't think Dave's mm. shown those kind of acting chops yet. Yeah. I think you need to have someone with a certain anger and intensity mm-hmm. that a Tom Hardy can bring. But, hey, you know, he's already going to be in episode eight, so I guess he's already canon, and uh, <laughs> Tom Hardy can appear in another movie. But um, depending on the time frame, uh, you know, like a Josh Brolin. Oh, yeah. Oh, He's got all big and buff for uh, Deadpool 2, but something like that could work for me, too, a little bit older version of Bane. I don't know. 
I have Mark Strong. I don't know if you guys know him. He's a no. British actor. Yeah. He's in Kingsman. Yeah. He was in that AMC show called Low Winter Sun. So he's not like big and hulking, <laughs> mm-hmm. but he is able to portray cold, brooding, intense, okay. but also likable and kind of funny. He was uh, Sherlock Holmes, right? The villain, right? Yes, First exactly. One, yeah. yeah. So he's great. And he, he's already bald. So yep. there you go. He doesn't even <laughs> have to <laughs> wear a, a wig cap or anything. Yeah. I could, yeah, that, and that's what uh, my point too is. I think Joseph, you're very right to have certain physicality to the role, but also making sure we get that big kind of uh, intense intensity. Uh, Roy McCann is a great choice too, great. because you know I think yeah. we've seen him as the Hound, and we've seen him in Hot Fuzz saying Yarp. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure you know he is he he's got that look though. Yeah, shave that head, and completely. I want him to do more. Yeah, do that or Brian Cranston on steroids. There you I, go. I'm gonna stick with Brian Next. Up, Adam J. Taylor asks, uh, "Do you think Luke has moved beyond the need to use a lightsaber?" We've talked about this a little bit before mm-hmm. on uh, Force Center with the our, uh, the great desire to see that green lightsaber that we all yeah. know and love. But what are you guys feeling right now, Jennifer? Do you think that Luke has moved beyond that? Yes. He has. Mm. He he doesn't <clears throat> want to pick up his lightsaber for what it represents. It represents a painful past for him. So right now he's using his walking stick or staff or whatever yeah. that thing is. And he he feels like he does not need that weapon. And he's kind of rejected it. Like I said before, like Morgan from The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. He's put that behind him. But will he pick it up? Mm-hmm. I hope so. Okay. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so too. We want to see that green lightsaber ignited and in full action. But I actually kind of think... Uh, he got to that point too that that he felt he didn't need it. Whether or not he felt he even needed to use powers or wanted to use his powers anymore, I think he may have reached uh, and still might again reach that Palpatine level of "I'm good, I got my hands." Mm. Yeah, you know? mm. I feel like that is the more natural uh, way for the story to go. We didn't get to see Yoda or Palpatine using lightsabers in the original trilogy. You know, when I think about it, I think I want him to have that lightsaber out. But then I hear like Yoda in Empire Strikes Back saying, "Eh, (laughs) grow up a little bit. We don't need it's not about adventure and excitement. It's Mm -hmm. not about. uh, So I I think that we're going to see the green lightsaber in some way. But I think it will be the more that Luke has moved on will be the story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next up, we have uh, two questions from our wonderful patrons on Patreon. First, Dark Lord Jeff, not Emma, asks, I know everyone expects Kylo Ren to find redemption at the end of the new trilogy, but with all the complaints about The Force Awakens being too close to the original Star Wars trilogy, would that be a little on the nose? I sort of don't want to see that Han Solo murdering D-bag have a happily ever after. I want vengeance. What do you want? If it's vengeance, who should kill him? I think it would taint Rey too much. A lot of good thoughts there uh, from yeah. Dark Lord Jeff, not Emma. Ken, what yeah. do you think? Uh, you know, I, I I hear that a lot that, hey, this is the guy that killed Han Solo. He should never go good. And I, I can understand that. I'm a Han Solo fan too. But no, I absolutely think uh, I could see Kylo going good. And would it be too similar to the Vader storyline? Yeah, which is why maybe <laughs> the changes are elsewhere. I don't think Rey will go bad. But I like the idea of a double switch. Uh, it could be interesting because it could be different. But then that's the thing. Different will get that kind of reaction. Well, that's not. I don't want my Ray going bad. And yeah. so you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. But I will say maybe what we're watching with Kylo Ren is someone who never turns back. And it's a continued thing. We know he's going to be conflicted a little bit going into Je- and Last Jedi. So maybe he... he 
continues to work through it and does something even more horrible and stays mm. horrible. Yeah. Oof, yeah. I think that I want vengeance. I'm with you, Dark Lord Jeff. I want vengeance <laughs> I, because I think that if you're using it like a, a morality tale, he needs to be a cautionary tale. Kylo mm-hmm. Ren, of the, of the bad choices that you make. If you, if you kill your dad, yeah. bad things are going to happen to you. And I think that Luke Skywalker should be the one to, to do it. I think oh, he, wow. Yeah, I think that he should kill him. Uh, yeah. It's going to be, I mean, can you imagine that scene, right? That'd be right. really intense, but it has to be done. Yeah. yeah, that would be a fascinating sacrifice if Luke knows, like, I know that this will destroy me, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't want Rey to have to do that as she right. has taken her first steps. Exactly. Mm. The other thing I was thinking about, when you were just saying, I want vengeance, I, you sold me. Like, <laughs> oh, on vengeance. I hadn't been big on vengeance before, but then I thought, oh, here, here would be a fun twist, utterly weird prediction. We build up so much that, you know, only a very powerful force user can save the galaxy, and who will kill him? It would be Ray or Luke. What if, like, he's distracted and Poe just pops him in the back of the head? <laughs> like, that would be brand new for Star Wars. So, like, this huge buildup. Yeah. And then, oh, my god! Like, you could get a little bit of Kylo being, like, so full of himself that it's partially basically his ego that kills him. Yeah. And that it's just Poe mm. stepping up. Oh, I like, I that. like that. I like that. That'd be I some like vengeance. Mm, scary. Good stuff. Uh, all right. Our final question uh, from our next uh, patron on Patreon, Ulrich Stovetland. Of all the characters that have fought in databank brawl, who would you pick a fight with? Who would be the easiest to defeat? And who would you stay away from? Personally, I think I'd avoid the conk droid as I would underestimate its, its power and be destroyed. However, I'm pretty sure I would crush Simalu because he is an old man and probably has fragile bone structure. <laughs> Thank you for uh, this uh, very uh, internal to force center question <laughs> about our other podcast, databank brawl. Weird characters fight oh man i have a lot of uh, thoughts and feelings on this one i you know i go to mouse droid oh yeah yeah. mouse droid is definitely one that i think i'd uh yeah yeah. i'd be uh doing there and then uh trying to think the other one i think i can't say yet oh yeah that we've recorded (laughs) but not released uh well maybe yeah yeah no 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 yeah a mouse droid is one i think i okay i can handle you think you could take a mouse droid yeah Yeah. and another one is uh you know is is jira the old lady from phantom menace (laughs) we just fought in databank 64 against rod of the hutlet but i there's just no way no i could hit an old lady no and i think i think (laughs) she's got some power in her yeah uh i think i would go uh up against uh team toe my beloved pod racer team toe peglius yeah because he's a he's a drinker, and I think that I could probably just try to buy him a drink. Oh, there and you I go. could, you know, get the fight to not happen. I would not do the gonk droid. I don't remember everything we've recorded in Databank Brawl, but I do right. remember that the gonk droid stepped on and crushed C.O. <laughs> Bibble's face, and I'm frightened. I know it's our story that we made up, but I'm frightened <laughs> of the gonk droid because of that. Jennifer, how about you? Which yeah. character would you fight? I would fight the little shrimp from the Canto Bite Casino or whatever the, little, oh, the okay. little dealer. Yo, you're going there. I, would, I like it. I would take my flip-flop from my shoe and I would just smash him over the head <laughs> like I do with all the bugs around my house. It's like a spider. Nice. Uh, so that would be easy for me because I want to win the fight. And then I would stay away from Phasma because as we've seen Gwendolyn oh, Christie yeah. on Game of Thrones, you do not want to mess no, with her. <laughs> no, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And those characters will fight in Databank Brawl for sure. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as their uh, Phasma will fight eventually when... We do uh, bigger name characters, yeah. but mm. yeah. As far as staying away from, yeah, I, I, you know, there's a lot of lot of them that come to mind. But I, I you know, the fact that we put Obi Wan in there once, I would stay away from Obi Wan, man. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Obi-Wan is my stay-away answer as well. Uh, That's it for our questions. Thanks for all the great questions. we got more coming up next week. 
Absolutely. Uh, and those questions come to us, like you said, from Patreon and non-Patreon spots. So you can find us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. And Patreon is going strong. For $2 a month, you can get a bonus episode called Finish the Fan Fiction. We do it, and we're working towards our goal of new non-generic theme music. Go to patreon.com slash Center and join the Force Center supportive ranks if you want to. We're also on T Public for merchandise. You get that nice prequelish shirt and uh, quote shirts and the Force Center logo. A lot of things on there for you guys to check out. So that is it. We have a lot of things we're doing. We talked about Jennifer's YouTube page where she had the Job of the Hut story stuff on there. There's always something great on there, Jen. That's right. You can find me at youtube.com slash Jennifer Landa. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm not really doing Snapchat. All of the sites <laughs> are at Jennifer Landa. And Joseph. Yeah, you guys can find me on all the social media except for Snapchat right now. Uh, <laughs> I was at Joseph Scrimshaw. I got a lot of comedy adventures coming up uh, of interest, I think, to Force Center fans in particular. I will be at DragonCon doing a bunch of different shows. I think a, a nine uh, podcast panels, uh, performances over those four days. But on Monday, 10 a.m., I will be doing a live episode of Star Wars Counseling with a bunch of great people, including C. Robert Cargill, who's a pal of mine who wrote Dr. Strange, so that'll be uh, a lot of fun. You can get some counseling from Dr. Strange, and then uh, a Dr. Strange writer. Maybe he'll cosplay. <laughs> anyway, uh, and then um, the next episode of Obsessed Podcast uh, has friend of Force Center Nathan Hamill talking about his obsession with the old 90s sitcom Get a Life. So check oh, those things out. Definitely going to be catching in, uh, that one because Get a Life, one of my all-time favorite it's shows. So good. Absolutely. You can follow me at Catnaps. Like I'm on Anchor with the head, uh, show there. Uh, uh, Daily Thrones, Game of Thrones, Season 7 may be done, but the discussion will continue and continue and continue. <laughs> so that is it. We thank you so much for listening and supporting Force Center. We'll see you later in the week. So uh, for Han Solo, for Jabba the Hutt, and even Rod of the Hutlet, we'll see you next time. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 